Welcome to week 12 of Waiver Wired. I can't believe it's already week 12 of the fantasy football season, but more importantly, it is Thanksgiving week. So we are recording this episode a day earlier than usual so that we can kind of get started hanging out with our friends and loved ones on Wednesday and get ready for our gigantic meals and of course uh, nonstop football for Thursday. So I'm your host Jen Piacenti and with me as always is my co-host and my fantastic producer Eddie Spaghetti. Eddie, happy Thanksgiving to you. Yes, We've already had a lot of news coming out and, and I just think we should have a fun episode today. We're going to talk about this crazy news and uh, our fantasy teams and we're going to talk about Thanksgiving. Let's start with one thing you're thankful for. I'm like the mom. What is one thing you're thankful for this year, Eddie? Uh, maybe a lame answer, but I'm very thankful for the extra points network. Cousin Sal, Toby, uh, you know, the, the D3 and Dave, Hench, uh, obviously uh, all the new shows you just started, the, the Megan's making fun of sports, working with Mikey Meatballs and, and Sky, Max Mohan, and obviously Jen, we're working with you too. It's just been a real treat, and uh, I'm excited for what's to come, and everyone's great to work with. It's a big relief, you know, changing jobs at my age, but being here with, uh, with these folks, it, it's been A+. plus. Yeah, uh, I'm thankful for the Extra Points Network as well. Um, it is really a wonderful, wonderful place to work. Everybody's cool. Everybody's fun. Everybody can take a joke. Do you know, can we talk yes, about how underrated true. that quality is? I think... I really appreciate that everybody here can be teased. Uh, they can dish it out and they can take it. And that makes this group A1 in my book. <laughs> I think it's amazing. So I am thankful for that as well. Um, I was thinking that another thing that you might be thankful for, Eddie, because we've got to start this off with some news, is the big news today. And that is that Jason Garrett has been fired as offensive coordinator for the New York Giants. So I just kind of want to open this up to you. And to anybody who's listening or watching this right now, remember, you can jump in with us. You can find us on our YouTube channel uh, if you're watching this on Twitter or if you are on uh, Facebook or Twitch. Jump in and see if you can, can join the conversation with us. If you have any questions or comments, we are happy to interact with you. We want this to be your show as well. So if you're a Giants fan, uh, you probably have a lot to say. But Eddie... This is your moment. Just take your time. If you need to lay back on the couch, put your feet in <laughs> I feel qualified to help you through this. Um, the, you know, roller coaster of emotions you're feeling. Cause as a Cowboys fan, I've been there. Right. Uh, yeah. So, you know where I'm coming from. Well, I will say this in terms of fantasy, because this is a fantasy show. Mm -hmm. I think the switch from no, actually, I don't think I know the switch from Jason Garrett uh, as offensive coordinator. If you could call him that, if you could actually call him an offensive coordinator, I don't think he was really coordinating much offense, but uh, moving him to Freddie Kitchens actually should be an upgrade for the Giants team. If you have some Giants players in your roster, I know Kadarius Tony zero touchdowns. I know uh, Galladay zero touchdowns, but somehow Andrew Thomas has a touchdown more than your first round pick and your $72 million receiver. But uh, I think because Freddie Kitchen's style of just being a more downfield thrower, uh, I believe in the game last year where Jason Garrett was out with COVID and Freddie Kitchen took over, Daniel Jones had five uh, long pass plays, which is a pass play over 20 yards. I think he's only averaging two this season or three this season, two last season. So Freddie Kitchens will pass the ball and feel more, which is good if you have shares of, you know, Ingram, Tony, Galladay, uh, if Shepard comes back, maybe Darius Slayton in deeper leagues. Uh, maybe you even say, 
Saquon Barkley too. So I think that's a, a, a positive in the fantasy realm. Now, I mean, what do I even begin with Jason Garrett? I mean, the the Giants, this offense in the last 26 games, I think it's been with him as OC, they've arguably been the worst offensive team and like one of the worst offensive teams in NFL history. It's just it's just really as bad as it gets. I mean, I read tons of stats of how bad it is. I mean, they're 31st in explosive pass plays. They were 30th last year. They average 1.6 touchdowns per game, like a, a shade over one and a half touchdowns. Like you're not going to win in the NFL in this era by scoring only seven points uh, a, a game on offense. Like it's it's just not sustainable. They're the worst red zone team, only scoring in 44% of drives in the red zone. And uh, it's, you know, it's really as bad as it gets. I think his time to come, I was, you know, you texting before, I thought maybe it would be after like a like a division game. I thought yeah. he would get canned. I thought maybe like the Eagles game, they'd get rid of him. I didn't think they'd get rid of him after the Bucks game. It's just like, if you're looking at the schedule of the Giants going into this game, you're you're like, yeah, they're going to lose. Even if the Giants were a good team this year, they still probably should lose to the defending Super Bowl champs. So I wasn't. Uh, expecting this, but I guess after, I mean, the, obviously the abysmal performance, some of the worst play calling I've ever seen, uh, and that's saying something in Garrett's era last night. And then after what Joe Judge said, I was like, wow, I've never really seen that heated and kind of making pointed comments towards Garrett. I thought maybe, but I always thought that Gettleman would go first because, again, he's been here since 2017. It's been his team. He's been building this this roster and um but Garrett you know gets he gets uh, his head chopped off first and he, they'll be better in terms of being more of a dynamic team less you know dump offs in the flats and uh you know just third down runs with with Saquon or Booker but the the real problem is offensive line last night in the game versus Tampa Bay it was uh Daniel Jones was, was pressured on 48 percent of his dropbacks so almost half his dropbacks he was pressured it was the most by far this season so I don't automatically think they're going to go into high gear and be in a great, you know, 30, 35, you know, point scoring team. The Giants, they still have glaring holes again because of Gettleman. Every draft pick should be on offensive line and probably defensive line. But they have enough pieces. They, you know, you, you should be targeting Tony. You should be targeting Kenny Galladay. It doesn't make any sense to not do that. You paid him all this money. They have to get the ball in their hands. They are explosive playmakers when on the field. And the same goes for Saquon. So I'm hoping Kitch can, uh, can do that. But with an offensive line this bad and Daniel Jones, like, you know, some people are saying this is his best year. And I am kind of an apologist for him, but he went from 24 touchdowns his rookie year. Like he proved that he could be a pretty good starting quarterback if given the right pieces and obviously dealing with the injuries, can't get people on the field, can't get a proper offensive line. And the Giants haven't scored 30 points in a game under Garrett. So it's like, you know, I thought the Garrett higher would have been an upgrade because, you know, for all that happened in, in Dallas, Dallas had a couple good years and a couple really good teams. And I thought, okay, if he's just going to come in and help coach quarterbacks, help coach the offense, he'll be fine. Doesn't have to worry about the whole, the whole organization like he did in Dallas and maybe the pressure would be a little bit less, but uh, yeah, it's just been as bad. I know I'm rambling, Jen. I'm trying to throw in as much stats and whatever, but the alley is still not good. And what it comes down to is Gettleman has to go. Mara needs to, these scouts that have been on the Giants uh, payroll since the eighties, since like before Parcells, they have to go because they're clearly not drafting enough high end players or enough, you know, players who could be a, at least a, a B to B plus starter on the team, you know, once in a while they, they, they strike gold with a guy like Tony, who I think could be good. Andrew Thomas, you know, this year has massively improved, but outside of that, there's not a lot. And I, again, I know there's been injuries and COVID and stuff. Blake Martinez is an example of a guy who they did sign. who was great. A middle linebacker, but there's just too many awful holes and they have to get back to what won the giants, the super bowls, which was great offensive line play, 
uh, yeah, timely throws by Eli and a great defensive line that got to the quarterback and, and, and got pressure. And actually, by them doing that, it makes your cornerbacks and your safeties look a lot better because there's not a lot of pressure on them to make a play because your D-line is doing that. The Giants don't have either of those things. So it's as bad as it gets, and I was a fool for buying into them this season. But uh, the first box is checked. Garrett is gone, so I am uh, kind of happy. Okay, so a couple of things here, and I, I do you feel any better or the same? Ah, uh, I'm a little bit, a little bit. You're, you, this is the first time today I actually spoke about it, so it's got okay, like, good, good. Yeah. that's what we're here for. That's what we're yeah. here for. A little fantasy therapy. Um, first, I think you're right. I think that this helps your for fantasy purposes. This helps a lot of those weapons because I I keep looking at this Giants team and I'm like. How do you have Kenny Galladay and you don't run the offense through Kenny Galladay at all? He gets like three targets per game. First of all, that's total nonsense. So hopefully that will help those of you who are Kenny Galladay fans and managers of Kenny Galladay. Kadarius Tony, another one. Kid's a total playmaker. I think he's got a little bit of, you know, emotional things that we're going to have to learn to keep a cap on. Uh, he seems like he could be a bit of a spark plug. Um, but... Kadarius Tony's a playmaker and they need to be using Kadarius Tony. Saquon Barkley didn't look so great last night, but how much is that Saquon Barkley? Uh, maybe Dev- Devontae Booker would be even, but I don't know. But there are the weapons there. And, and to Daniel Jones, you know, he did have some really good games this season. He has shown this incredible upside for rushing as far as fantasy is concerned and maybe freddie kitchens can find can find a way to help him use what he's really good at and maximize that i don't think it can get any worse that's the good news oh that's so good if you have if you have that you know and maybe sterling Shepard comes back i mean there's a lot so as far as fantasy is concerned i think it's a bit encouraging to address your other point about jason garrett being the one and not dave gettleman to go i want to ask you this is this a New York problem? And this is what I mean by that. If I look at the New York Yankees and people are always clamoring, fire Aaron Boone, fire Aaron Boone, that's not going to fix it <laughs> because the problem starts at the top. It starts with Cashman, but they don't want to do that. So is there something about these New York teams where they won't fix it at the top? They're just constantly going to use the, like the, the lower scapegoat and try to keep dragging this along. I don't know, but you're a Yankees fan as well. And to me, like if I'm fixing the Yankees, I'm starting at the top. Yeah, I I think that's that's a fair question. You know, the, the one it almost reminds me too of like the the Knicks and the people saying like fire Dolan. Well, it's like newsflash. You, you can't like he owns a team, he owns the arena, right. he owns uh, every person's cable that lives in New York. Like it's so you're not going to get rid of that guy. Uh, and Mara, it, you know, this team's been in the family for hundreds of years. It seems like I mean, like that. You know, they they're one of the first NFL franchises. They've owned this team. So John Mara has no idea really who should be running the team, uh, what they need in the scouting department, what the NFL as a, and it like, looks like now, the landscape. Now, like this is not the teams that he was used to with Lawrence Taylor and Phil Sims. Like it's a totally different generation of football, but they're stuck him and those people, they, they all his buddies, they're stuck in this and they hire a guy like Gettleman who is part of the boys club. And, you know, and they, they bring him over here and he says all these things, he's going to get hog mollies. And it's like, well, you, you struck out on like you signed Nate Solder. He stinks. Like you, 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 you drafted Saquon Barkley and Will Hernandez. Everyone loves throwing out there. You could have gotten, you know, Quentin Nelson, and then Nick Chubb. It's like, yeah, well, I, 2020 hindsight, but 
now looks like Saquon, you know, healthy or not, even if he is healthy with the bad offensive line, he's not going to run anywhere. So, you know, everyone's drafting him high in fantasy and he's not producing. But what stinks for him is like Devontae Booker did have a great game a few weeks ago for the Giants. So it's like it can be done. I don't know if Saquon's running uh, gingerly because of his injuries and stuff. But uh, like I said, Will Hernandez, you know, you strike out on that pick. You, you throw big money, Kenny Galladay. He's missed most of the season. Then he's not getting targets. So a target is on the back of Gettleman, who's been here for a while and really hasn't had the home run pick. He hasn't, you know, he his franchise quarterback was supposed to be Daniel Jones. And right now, that's it's really it's it's fair to say does he deserve to start past the season? And again, I've been an apologist and I've said that if you gave him the proper weapons and an offensive line and a coordinator, like he's going against all those things. He doesn't have any of those because his weapons have been hurt and Garrett's been a miserable play caller and uh, offensive line is just non-existent. So Gettleman has to answer for it, but in the here and now they got rid of Garrett because at least on the field and the, and the point holes, you could see that Garrett is just not the answer. Like his play calling is just as bad as it gets. And I think also it kind of plays into this Joe judge. This is not a good, uh, he's not a good coach. Like he, he's a bad time manager. He's a bad, he doesn't understand the flow of things like calling the time out before halftime, but they're throwing dump offs. And even like Peyton and Eli and the Manning cast were like, they were screaming. They're like, what is going on? Like what like he doesn't know what he's doing either. So you have two people who are just have no clue. But I, I don't know why I think the reason why Gettleman has not been fired yet is because of of John Mara. But I think he has to go because I don't really especially having the Bears pick in this draft, I don't feel comfortable going into this draft with David Gettleman making the calls here because for all we know, he's going to draft another running back and a receiver and he's not going to address the actual issues and he's going to keep throwing money at free agents who aren't great. And then just, uh, it's a big mess. I thought the giants were a lot closer to being competitive than they are. And I, unfortunately like they're now going to be set back from quite a, uh, quite a while because they have, they have no cap space left. And if you don't hit on these, these draft picks, man, oh man, it's going to get real bad. So speaking of the bears, we had other news today, which is probably just a rumor, uh, but the rumor early this morning, not from a sports reporter, but from some other Pulitzer Prize reporter, uh, was that Matt Nagy had been informed that he would be losing his job after Thanksgiving. Of course, since then, Matt Nagy's came out and said that is untrue. He was not informed of that. Uh, however, he was also, you know, obsequious in answering whether or not he'd been promised long term tenure. But that's really not the point. I looked at that report and I was like, this is total BS. I called BS on it immediately for multiple reasons. First of all, who goes to somebody and says, Hey, you're going to get fired after Thursday. Like that makes no, if, if I'm Nagy, I'm like, F you, I'm quitting. Like I'm just, I'm done. No way. I'm sitting at home eating turkey. So th- that made no sense. Second, everybody knows this is the rule of breakups. If you break up with somebody, you have to do it before the holiday season. Otherwise, you got to power through because, you know, you're bringing them to your relatives all the way. You know, you possibly all the way to Valentine's Day, all the way to February. It's the same for football. You know, do it before Thanksgiving or just suck it up and finish. It just it didn't make any sense to me on so many levels. Also, I didn't understand why are they so mad at Nagy all of a sudden? He should have been fired last year. Like, what about this game where Justin Fields got injured and then Andy Dalton came in and actually put up a little bit of a fight, made it so offensive versus a Baltimore Ravens team? I know it was a backup quarterback, but still, they are the better team. I don't get why suddenly this means Matt Nagy needs to be fired. I mean, Matt Nagy needs to be fired, but... So I didn't get any of that. But as far as what's happening for Thursday and a lot of this podcast, what we can focus on is there are a lot of players going on Thursday, which means you have to make early decisions this week. 
don't forget if you're in, you know, 12 leagues like I am, I am be sure you check every single one because there are six teams playing. That's a lot of fantasy players and you have to decide whether you should start them on Thursday or if you're going to wait, because there's a lot of stuff that happens. You know, people are going home with their families. There could be COVID cases coming out on Saturday, right? And then you're without players. So there's a lot going on and there's a lot of questionable players for Thursday as well, which affects the game. So unfortunately, I think if you really, really want to win your league, you probably have to get up Thursday morning and check all these injury reports, lots and lots of questionable players. Um, and in that Chicago game, we're talking about may, probably Andy Dalton versus probably, you know, Tim Boyle, but maybe Jerry Goff, which I'm not sure is really any better. So really for me, the only people I'm counting on in that game is, you know, DeAndre Swift, David Montgomery, probably Darnell Mooney and TJ Hawkinson. I'm not messing with the quarterbacks, but uh, we'll get to that. A couple more pieces of news. Adrian Peterson cut. It was a short, short love affair. Um, Philip Lindsay cut also a short, short love affair. Michael Carter injured um, out for a couple weeks. So that makes Ty Johnson a very attractive pickup. Maybe Tevin Coleman definitely prefer Ty Johnson. If you're looking for someone Rex Burkhead is probably who you want to target for Houston. Lord knows why he got the volume of the carries, you know, It's not exciting, but this matchup versus the Jets, the Jets are absolutely by far the most generous to opposing running backs. If you need to stream this week, um, that could be the way to go. So keep your eye on that for those running backs. As far as wide receivers, your, you know, waiver wire target is definitely Elijah Moore. And uh, I want to talk a little bit about that. Um, What do you think about the Jets? Should they stick with Joe Flacco? Well, actually, literally, as you're saying this news, breaking news, it looks like Joe Flacco and Mike White both are on the COVID slash uh, injured (laughs) report list. It looks like Zach Wilson's coming back now. Ton of news coming out today. Okay, this is crazy. So I've had people asking me about whether they should, you know, trade for Elijah Moore, trade Elijah Moore away to get. I had someone ask me about trading Elijah Moore away to get Javante Williams for the rest of the season. With this news, I say, yes, definitely trade Javante Williams because my, my reason before I also said to trade it then was that Elijah Moore, yeah, he was really targeted by Joe Flacco and also by Mike White, but we have not seen that chemistry with Zach Wilson. And, and until I see that, I'm not just going to guarantee that this guy's going to be banking touchdowns every week. Javante Williams, we've seen be pretty steady. And I think that a lot of times we lean on rookie running backs as you go through the end of the season. So I like Javante Williams in that case. So Zach Wilson must be starting, right? It seems like they said, even if this is not the case with Flacco and White about the COVID list, that Zach Wilson was cleared yesterday to play, and that was always going to be the plan. But now this obviously makes it uh, much more obvious that Zach Wilson will be starting for the Jets. So does this make you like Houston in this game at all? Any more? Any different? Uh, I mean, you almost want to ride high on them because of the win. I think part of me is also like Zach Wilson has shown some flashes of being awesome, like making some incredible throws, especially in the move too, out of the pocket, a rocket arm. Part of me is like, man, if he's back and he's healthy and I think the Jets weapons aren't that necessarily that bad. So I think maybe he'll have some magic like first game back. Uh, If he doesn't, then it's like. I mean, what are they doing? Another another year, another bad quarterback, and another draft you got to head into going, is this going to be the guy? I mean, it's such a good matchup, right, versus Houston. Sure. So, like, you want to start Jamison Crowder. You want to start Elijah Moore. 
do you start Zach? It's just a question mark to me. I don't know. I have a super flex league where I could play him and it's always so tempting to play that quarterback in a super flex league, but they, but Zach Wilson also stinks half the time and he's might not get you as many points as I don't know, even Van Jefferson sometimes. I mean, is there the hope, but let's just say the, uh, the, the Texans have a great game and the jets are down. I mean, does Wilson throw the ball 40, 50 times in the game? Maybe some garbage time. You have the jets. Throw it, I mean, but can you complete it? That's, that's also a fair point. I mean, yeah. Corey Davis, you know, and he obviously had the chemistry so that Corey Davis is a must start if Zach Wilson's starting, of course, mm-hmm. he was anyway. But, there's just not there's not many quarterbacks that, that could throw the ball the way that Zach Wilson does on the move, like 60 yards on the dime. That, that's like the one really intriguing thing about him playing is like he's not a guy with a dead arm and you can't move like he, he has the tools, which is why I want to believe in Zach Wilson. Yeah, it's just it's just tough for me coming off an injury when he wasn't successful before the injury, but it is a nice matchup for him to ease back in versus Houston. That, that game last week versus the Titans, five takeaways for Houston. They turned over the ball five times. They didn't deserve to win. Tennessee didn't deserve to win. Um, but Houston's not always going to get that kind of a gift. Tyrod looking pretty frisky, right? Yeah, they're, they're a team. I mean, the NFL this year, I think we're at a stat that like underdogs have like the second uh, highest win rate in like 20 years or whatever it is. So it's like nothing makes sense in the NFL. So the Texans being good and shocking us is like, yeah, sure. Bar for the course for, for this wacky season. If you need to stream a quarterback or possibly even for DFS plays, I think Tyrod is definitely uh, streamable versus the Jets. Again, the matchup is just really, really good. I think you can also uh, start to trust Jimmy G. Jimmy G, believe it or not, been really dang good over the last few weeks. There are so many people that, that hate him and I don't understand it. You, you guys got to stop hating him because he's doing good things for you guys right now. Um, Cam Newton, everything we expected from a fantasy quarterback. And so Cam Newton getting them so close and then failing, but totally putting up the fantasy points for you. So if Cam Newton is still out there, I think he's still someone you want. And Taylor Heineke guys, probably pretty good. I mean, he's been, Pretty good. So I think it may be time to start thinking about taking Tyler Heineke for you serious. He's a pretty tough kid. So those are kind of some streamers for this week. Okay, everybody, we'll be right back after this quick break. Did you have Jonathan Taylor on any teams? Unfortunately, I don't. I mean, he's right now he's looking to be, is he going to be the first pick in drafts next year? Uh-huh. I mean, cause he may, he may be in the conversation for NFL MVP. That's a hot topic. Now uh, I know Dave claimed uh, a few episodes ago on, on extra points that he thinks he could win the MVP, but I mean, he I, has to be like, he's right now surpassed Eric Henry. Like he's the guy. I put him in my futures bets article for the MVP mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago mm-hmm. because with no Derrick Henry, he's going to win the rushing title. Sure. There's, there's no question about it. Five touchdowns versus a Bills defense that had allowed about 55 rushing yards per game until that point. That is stupid. Mm -hmm. I mean, just beyond ridiculous. The kid is finally just balling out the way that we all expected him to. It took a while, but he seems to only be getting better. He's like, I don't know, like one of those batteries that self-charges and gets more and more charges. I don't know. He's, he's phenomenal. And I had him on a team and still lost my week because Dak Prescott Mm. really screwed me. And I also lost Derek Henry in that league and Robert Woods, but I'm not going to go there because that's painful. I also had him in another league that I totally dominated. So at least I got uh, 
half my good out of that. But here's an interesting story about that. So early in the week, um, Michael Fabiano sends me a trade offer, right? So already I'm like, all right, Fabs is, is sending me an offer. He sends me an offer. It's something like, it's two receivers. It's like Darnell Mooney and I can't remember who. And Austin Eckler for Jonathan Taylor and then a couple of my other receivers. But clearly I could tell what he was doing is targeting Jonathan Taylor. And immediately I wrote it back. I'm like, look, okay, this is a fair offer, I guess. But Jonathan Taylor is not on the block. Like he's my boy. And I thought to myself, man, it was so obvious that he wanted Jonathan Taylor, no matter how good Austin Eckler is. There's no way I'm giving him Jonathan Taylor. Does he realize? He just made me realize that I'm never giving up Jonathan Taylor. He just made me love Jonathan Taylor even more. But then miraculously that night, Austin Eckler also total beast mode. So these two guys, again, late first round, people weren't interested, much like James Robinson, people weren't that interested, but the value you're getting for where you got James Robinson, for where you got um, James Conner, is spectacular. So congratulations to all of you. I do think Jonathan Taylor goes first overall. I mean, like, look, where would you be willing to take Saquon next year? Because I, I, I don't feel comfortable taking him in the first round. I didn't feel comfortable taking him this year in the first round, but I understand why people did. Oh no. I mean, there's too many question marks with the giants with the offensive line, who has the, the offensive coordinator full-time who may be the head coach and also who's the quarterback. So there's too many question marks there, but I'm totally with you. I think Jonathan Taylor, you know, in, in this Colts scene too, we were just talking about the Titans losing a couple uh, weird games. It, you know, they now with him surging at this time, also in terms of betting, like them winning the AFC South. And the other thing with Carson Wentz, obviously, you know, he was pretty you know much maligned early on in the year when Jonathan Taylor hasn't, wasn't playing like this. Now that he's, you know, running the ball over teams, it's making Carson Wentz's life way easier. You're not as worried about him. Like now it's like, oh, yeah, the Colts are a for real team. They're going to be there deep, deep in the playoffs. A couple weeks ago, we weren't saying this because we were like, oh, no, Carson Wentz can't do it. But now with Jonathan Taylor crushing teams, it's like, well, yeah, they're going to, you know, good defense, great run game. Carson Wentz will make plays when he has to, and they're going to be fine. I mean, look, the Titans just cut Adrian Peterson, as we mentioned earlier on the podcast. Colts are surging. I mean, Colts really took it to the Bills, uh, who are supposed to, who, by the way, are no longer leading the uh, their division. It's now the Patriots. And I think it's time to start taking the Patriots seriously. I'm sorry, but like their defense is allowed like 4.3 points per game across the past three and scored 31, I believe, points of offense per game. That's stupid. They're plus 1400 to win the Super Bowl right now. And look, I don't like Bill Belichick. I get it. But he wins like this with great defenses. And and Mac Jones doesn't have to be a superstar. He just has to look really good in that Josh Daniels offense like he does and get the job done. This is how he does it. And I think that they are a sneaky favorite. And we've seen the Bills choke down the stretch like they win. And then they can't, they can't go all the way. So I, I don't feel this confidence in the bills. Like I want to, I don't think they look as good this year. That being said, I'm taking them to win on Thursday, but I'm even nervous about um, them covering the four points. I, I kind of feel like new Orleans might just sneak in there. Now news with new Orleans. I do not think that Kamara is going to play Thursday. He did not practice today. Um, it hasn't looked good. News is Mark Ingram was also not at practice today. I still think Mark Ingram plays. 
Tony Jones Jr., certainly someone that you may want to keep your eyes on, that you may want to pick up. Um, But again, it's a tough Bills defense. So don't get fooled by the fact that Jonathan Taylor happened to run all over them last week. I feel that that was an anomaly. Even if I had Alvin Kamara right now, I wouldn't be that excited about starting him. I would be excited about starting him only because he's such a good receiver. And, and you can, you know, use him a couple different ways. But in reality, it's just a really tough matchup. I know we're waiting to get a lot of player props from that game still, too, I think, because of the Kamara news. So we're not rushing over for uh, Tony Jones yet if you have uh, need one running back from this game for Thursday. I mean, you can stash him if you have room. I wouldn't, you know, Dontrell Hilliard, you might want to stash with the Adrian Peterson news. Rex Burkhead, as I mentioned, you're going to want to stash now that there's one less monster in that backfield for Houston. But, you know, you mentioned earlier, and I think it's true. I think someone should go get Philip Lindsay. Philip Lindsay is a, is a good running back. Um, I just think Houston was a bad system for him. You know, look how good Mark Ingram was when he got out of there already. He's already been better. I think if, if Philip Lindsay can go maybe to Tennessee, maybe to New Orleans to help New Orleans, maybe he goes with his teammate over there and helps them out a little bit. That's that's probably the most talented running back we've seen uh, kind of on the open market. I would rather have him than Adrian Peterson. I, I think if you're the Titans, I think that makes so much sense, especially if you're still in the lead. You're just going to be a playoff team like you have some really offensive weapons and you you lose your best player, one of the best players in the league. Like, yeah, Philip Lindsay is not Derek Henry. But like you said, uh, he's he was a starter a couple of years back. Like he was a really good, productive running yeah. back. He's just really is a talent that you're going to find on the open market. I think it's a, a total no brainer for them. Yeah. So if you want to be proactive for the playoffs, again, these are all people we're talking about stashing in deep, deep leagues, uh, players that you could put there to compete. How are your leagues doing, Addy? Well, uh, I lost to the number one team, my uh, main league here, but I'm still fine. Second place, seven, four, no complaints, had a bunch of injury. I was dealing with, you know, guys like Hollywood Brown was down. Uh, Matt yeah. Stafford was on a buy. Um, I had a couple other uh, injuries. Who else is uh, – well, Clyde Edwards-Alaire this week is going to be out. So, you know, it, uh, Cordell Patterson didn't play. Uh, so, it, it's you know, you get weeks like that, it's fine. I'll keep trucking. I think I should win the game next week. And, uh, again, my, my main league here. I guess the only question, too, and I'm not sure if somebody uh, tweeted us at this, but I know that Calvin Ridley is now cleared from, to, to play. He's eligible to play, but there's still no update on him. Um, so, I, don't, I know that's going to be a strange one because he's a guy, obviously – you know, one of the best in the league, but you don't want to drop him. I know you might've said drop him now. Do you think there's still a chance that he may come back or is it worth rostering anymore? It's probably not worth rostering him, but if there's any way you can hold on to him, I would try because you're right. He is one of the most talented guys in the league. They could use him, but you know, they don't have any communication from him is what I heard. So Mm -hmm. it doesn't sound positive that he's returning. And if he does return, I'm not sure that he'll be a hundred percent. He will have been out for a few weeks. You know, he's dealing with whatever he's dealing with. Um, So my guess is it's probably safe to drop him. But if there's a way to keep him, I would. Unfortunately, we also saw Adam Troutman have this great breakout game that we all, you know, predicted. And now he's out. So you lost Adam Troutman. It was awful, you know, in this dwindling tight end pool. Um, You also lost Jamal Agnew. It was a big waiver wire target. Not that it was exciting uh, to target anyone from Jacksonville, but it does 
Elevate again, Dan Arnold. And I know that Dan Arnold's very disappointing. Didn't see the targets last week that he was guaranteed that he was getting every single week, which makes no sense. And it's impossible to predict Jacksonville, but Dan Arnold is still someone, especially now with no Jamal Agnew that I would target as a tight end. If you need one, if you don't have an elite tight end, um, of course, we hope it's LaVisca Chenault. Of course, we hope it's Marvin Jones Jr., but it's just such a mess over there. But if you really need a tight end, you should probably still look at Dan Arnold. And word is Logan Thomas is coming back this week. So Heineke is getting better. Thomas was always targeted in that offense. He would be the number two after Terry McLaurin. I definitely like getting Logan Thomas. If you can find him on a waiver wire, he can definitely help you down the stretch for your playoffs. So, yeah, that's my piece. My my leagues are going fine. Um, it, the league that I'm most bummed about is my um, high stakes league. And that's the one I was talking about where I lost with Jonathan Taylor mm-hmm. because of Dak. Um, but I'm still in third place. It's not like I'm like out of it, but I think I'm now um, seven and four. Is that right? Yeah, it would be all right. Seven and four. Seven and four. Yeah. I'm seven and four, uh, which is a bummer. So, I was like way out in front and then this whole, I lost Eric Henry. I lost Robert Woods, but it is what it is. So here we are. So still fighting. Uh, but now I have to figure out, I picked up Adrian Peterson in that league because <laughs> we can't do trades. So you can only do whatever. So now I have to go back and think about um, what I want to do. And I think it might be Rex Burkhead. I think that ooh, might be the way I'm going for this week. Don't, if you're listening in my league, please <laughs> don't let Jen make that move. Me. Well, talking about talking about the Titans, and we just talked about a little before too about the the Patriots are, are surging, and, you, and you, you trust them, and Mac Jones becoming this, you know, I guess now, you know, top tier passing quarterback. The Patriots receivers, yep. and I'm sure a lot of people have shares of the uh, them, and I know I have uh, Hunter Henry I made a trade, and I have Kendrick Bourne in that. It's yep. almost like what they did with the running, what Belichick did with the running backs the last few years, where everyone was like pretty equal, and now it's like their receivers, like one week Kendrick Bourne two weeks ago had like. 24 I think points last week he had like eight or nine points like fine okay whatever is there someone going forward now you're going to trust or is just still gonna it's like a committee receiver core it's very strange. I think Kendrick Bourne is the most trustworthy and that's because they have also used him in the running game which mm-hmm. makes him a lot more of a weapon so if I'm taking one I'm taking Kendrick Bourne at the beginning of the season I was like oh Nelson Aguilar sure. he was so good last year for Vegas and they went and got his vet- veteran presidents and he has short hands now even though he didn't before and you know but it doesn't seem to be now he did have the big game right um but i think kendrick Bourne is going to give you the most solid floor he's you know it's pathetic but he gets you at least like 35 40 receiving yards each game which Mm -hmm. is not a lot but if you're dealing with new england receivers that's kind of what you're dealing with ramondre stevenson is someone i'm 100 interested in i'm still interested in him i know we didn't blow the doors off the place on thursday but he still put up a decent game And, you know, it's kind of a bummer that there isn't a clear guy anymore. Like, it's definitely Damian Harris, you know, good old Bill, making it murky for us fantasy owners. But you can't leave Ramondre Stevenson on the waiver wire. I also don't think you can leave Ronald Jones on the waiver wire. He's on so many waiver wires, and he's obviously the backup to Leonard Fournette. So that's somebody that's pretty talented or or can be occasionally um, that shouldn't be left on your waiver wire. So... Yeah, those, that's my piece there. Should we um, jump over to some questions? Um, we're taking sure. any questions today. They don't necessarily have to be football. They can be Thanksgiving related. Yeah, let's do uh, some questions here. It looks like uh, 
our guy Ben Kelly, who tweets at us a lot and is in a Twitter war with Harry, uh, has yeah. like a, a three-parter over here. So I know we're talking about Alvin Kamara and the Saints running backs a uh, bit. He's asking how worried should we be about Kamara? Yeah, I think we should be fairly worried about Kamara. Um, but as I was saying earlier, like, I don't think he was in a smash spot this week anyway. So that's okay. You have to let those points go. I do think there's concern. The fact that they uh, had tryouts for running backs right after he got injured. We haven't got a lot of reports, but obviously, you know, worrying doesn't help anything. You just want to try to like get whatever backups you can on the waiver wire, be ready. Obviously, if you can get Mark Ingram, if you have Mark Ingram, you try. And you're the person that probably should go look up Tony Jones Jr. Uh, part two of Ben's question. Uh, will Aaron Rodgers' bad toe impact uh, receivers like Devontae Adams? I don't think so. I think when you're Devontae Adams, you're Devontae Adams. And uh, I don't think we have to worry too much. I just can't imagine ever sitting Devontae Adams. So maybe it will affect him a little bit, but certainly not enough for me to fade Devontae Adams. And the last part of Ben's question, what's up with Seattle's offense? Is Alex Collins usable? Will it be fine as a flex if the Hawks figure out uh, or should we avoid the entire Hawks team? Man, I really don't like the Hawks right now. I really don't. I think they look a mess. Uh, Russ Wilson is not himself. They just don't have it together. And with no Chris Carson, they, they really kind of, you know, this is like, I was talking to Howard Bender about this in the off season. Oh no, they've got a new offense. They're going to do all these things. I was like, BS. they are not. They're going to start out for a few weeks and they're going to go back to doing the exact same thing they always do, which is run the ball, run the ball and run it poorly. And it's not going to work. And Russ always fades down the stretch. Like he does this, this time he actually has an injury. I don't like it. And I don't think you can trust this running back backfield at all. If you have to take Collins fine, he was kind of injured last week with his groin. I don't think he's a hundred percent. He's serviceable. DJ Dallas is someone you might want to take a look at. Not excited. If you can avoid it, avoid it. But again, I understand if we're talking about, you know, you have injuries and bye weeks, then, then Collins is someone you may have to use. I'd kind of almost rather use like Tony Pollard, but you can't get up with Tony Pollard. So I shouldn't say that it's tease. Uh, well, speaking of Pollard, uh, at maiden focus is asking us, what do you think of Pollard this week with Dallas playing short receiver and Zeke, uh, and and Zeke being a little banged up hundred percent. I love Tony Pollard as a flex play because yeah, you're right. Down receivers, probably no Cooper, probably no lamb. Right. I mean, definitely no Cooper, probably no lamb. In addition to that, Las Vegas has been terrible versus the run. Let me see if I can get any stats here. Do I have anything written down? Um, yeah, they have surrendered the seventh most fantasy points and they have point PPR scoring to opposing running backs. And then you have this two-headed monster with Dallas, with Pollard and Zeke, and they can both have decent days as receivers and as runners. And I think there's enough to go around. Uh, we have a question about just a matchup. Uh, is it fantasy to think the Browns will win at Baltimore? Or am I just a crazy diehard Browns fans coming from Tom? It's not crazy. Baltimore has been doing this really crazy stuff where they let themselves get down and they put themselves where they have to have double digit comebacks and they did it for three games and then they didn't. And now, you know, Hollywood Brown is injured and you know, the, the, <laughs> It's not crazy that I think that the Ravens can fail. What's more crazy is is thinking that the Browns can succeed because Baker stinks. He's not any good. He's injured on top of not being any good. So that's a problem. 
Um, and, you know, it's not that easy to run on Baltimore. What you can do is pass on Baltimore, but first Baker needs to be able to pass. But I, I don't think it's crazy to think they could upset. They're kind of due for a win. Uh, but if I'm picking in this game, I'm picking Baltimore. And to round it out, our last question, a great Thanksgiving theme question. What is the best part of Thanksgiving? The food or the football is coming from Polly. I'm not sure that you can separate the two, um, but I'll go food. I'll go food because I'm, a, I'm an Italian and like, it's all about food for us and I can get football, you know, lots of weeks during the year, but I only get, you know, that cor- homemade cornbread stuffing once a year. So I'm going to go food. I, think, I, 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 I think I'm going to go food too. Yeah. Also because this year I'm not sure. Well, about the games, like, you know, we have the, the three games this Thanksgiving. Do you think we're going to at least have like one classic game or one decent game? I don't really I love the matchup. So freaking boring. So the first game I'm taking the under on, even though it's all the way 41 and a half. I just don't see what they're going to do. I mean, it's, it's going to be, I think it's just going to be running back versus running back for the most mm-hmm. part. We don't know who's throwing the ball. Definitely am taking the Bears here. I think they cover the spread easily. I, okay. I bet that Detroit is, you know, really feeling good with their tie and their cover, but no, it's not going to happen. Especially if it is true that they're firing Nagy between now and then, which I'm sure they're not. Mm-hmm. Um, if that happens, then they'll be even probably really throwing and, and excited. But anyway, I, I trust Andy Dalton to win this game. The second game, um, I think it's also going to go under. Because the Dallas defense has been really good. I think they can limit the Raiders. I think that they can specifically limit Darren Waller, right? I mean, they they actually have only allowed like 61 yards per game to opposing tight ends. They allowed 74 to Travis Kelsey. That's it, right? And you had to defend other receivers. If it's Vegas, all you have to worry about is Darren Waller. Like, that's it. Just Darren Waller. So I think that's going to be fine for the defense. And then on the offensive side, like, their main weapons are now the run game, you know, and that's going to be a slower tempo. That's going to be less scores. Um, maybe Michael Gallup will have a highlight reel catch, but with no lamb and no Cooper, just not that excited. So I think that's going to be the under with the Cowboys winning. I'm not even sure that they cover the seven and a half points, to be honest. Hmm. I just feel like I hope they do, but um, I, I'm just kind of staying away from it. I mean, in, in our league, I'll pick the Cowboys, just so you know, since we have to pick every game. Yeah. I'm picking the Cowboys. I'm signing with them, too. Um, oh, wait. Do we have to pick the Cowboys this week? We have to talk about the arcade at the end of this um, because they're a Thursday game. I think I'm checking it for us right now. And let's see if we have on the xpoints.com slash arcade. I don't. Yeah, we don't have the, the Thursday game. So oh, we're, guys, we're, come play with us. ExtraPoints.com Arcade. It's really fun. You get to yes. see our floating head picks every Sunday and you're probably much better than we are. And that's the best part. You can brag and say that you're better than we are. Um, but listen, picking every game is is uh, not easy, but it's a lot of fun. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. So come play with us. Um, and then the last game, the Bills and the Saints. I mean, can I say who cares? Who cares? <laughs> like. I'm sorry, Martin. Right? Martin yeah. yeah. Sorry, Martin. No, nobody Martin cares. Simeon. It's Trevor Simeon. Woo! Or, you know, maybe it's Taysom Hill. Who knows? They just gave him a big fat contract. You never know. Just not that exciting. And if you don't have Alvin Kamara, like, I, eh, eh, Traquan Smith, woo! Like, I, I'm not interested. And then the Bills, they're just, I can't, can't get excited about them this year either. They were so fun last year with, 
Diggs and Josh Allen. And this year they're kind of up and down and inconsistent. So I'm taking the over in that game though, because both those defenses have gotten a little bit sloppy. Mm-hmm. Um, and both the offenses can put up points. So I'm taking that. What are you feeling on those three games? I start from the back. I, I, uh, with the bills saints game, I, I agree. I like the over in that game. I think if there's going to be a get right game for the bills, it would be this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, the saints just dealing with too many injuries and Trevor Simeon, a quarterback, like you said, it's just like, it does not really inspiring hope. The Taysom Hill experiment contract where it could be massive or it could shrink it depending on what he plays. Like what is going on there? Like that's very bizarre. So I like the bills in this game, despite them being kind of uninspiring as of late, I think the Cowboys are going to crush the Raiders and Hench kind of talked about this on minus three saying that like when the Raiders start to crumble because of obviously the Gruden stuff and the, and the rug stuff, some awful stuff to deal with, like they're going to crumble bad. And that's kind of what's going on. Also, I think when Dallas is right and when their offense is firing on all cylinders and their defense is, you know, creating turnovers like they have been, I think they are the scariest team in the NFL. They are the most complete. Uh, and I I think there's another chance for them to get right, even missing a large amount of pieces. And a Tyron Smith plays like it seems like he is. That's huge for Dak in the run game. So I love the Cowboys in that one. And this first game, I mean, I, th- I mean, it's great that this game is on so early. Any last-minute cooking you have to do, just do it. If Justin like feel this saying like his ribs aren't broken, he could play. I think just start Dalton because Field doesn't been great anyway. And I, you know, people, people forget like Andy Dalton wasn't that bad. Like he was okay as a starter. Right. And in terms of NFL backups, there are so many bad NFL backups. Like the Bears you know, had three wins this season. Two of them are because of Andy Dalton, and he only started three games. I mean, he came into this game, but he has only started three games. He won two of the three he started. It was a it was a no win scenario for Andy Dalton because every single fan was just tired of the the, the situation of quarterback, and they wanted to see Justin Fields play uh, a guy from that area of the Midwest. You know, in Chicago, mm-hmm. you just played at Ohio State. They're all watching him. Like they want to see him in in, in playing uh, at quarterback. So it, it was unfair for him. And also, like you know, looking at NFL backup quarterbacks, Detroit Lions, if they have to play Tim Boyle, uh, you know what? Like seven, how is seven yards, zero touchdowns, two interceptions. The Lions have passed for seventy-seven <laughs> yards in back-to-back games. That's insane. Under hundred yards, back-to-back games. But you know who's been a beast every game? DeAndre Swift. Yeah, I mean, two hundred sixty-six yards across the last two games. 33 carries two games ago, 14 carries last game, but still total beast mode. If you have him on your fantasy teams, congratulations. I have him on one or two. Very happy. Very happy. He's part of the team. He's he's going to get touches. I feel like if, if the Bears defensive coordinator, like they're going to know like, Hey, their only chance of winning this game is through Deandre Swift. Let's do everything with our power to stop him. Tim ball is not going to beat us through the air. So I think it's going to be a boring, low scoring game. Any Dalton, if he does play, boring, he, low scoring. he'll, he'll do whatever it takes. He'll ding and dunk in the field. He'll score his 17 points. They're 21, 24 points. They'll win this game. Like 21, 10, something like maybe even less than that. But I, yeah, I mean, it also, it, it just shows you this game it pays to have a a good backup quarterback because having Tim Boyle is not going to get it done. Andy Dalton is an above average backup, and I think he'll get it done. But very bad game to start the day, and I just hope we. Colt McCoy, a very good backup, indeed, as well, yeah, and exactly. that's part of why Arizona Cardinals are looking like you know they could be favorites for the for the Super Bowl this year. Not that I'm counting out a lot of other teams, but Colt McCoy's performance. Um, that's how you really know a complete team when you can, as you said, you can go to the backup quarterback and you can still win games. And, and to your point, and I think you guys mentioned that this week, maybe Case Keenum is the way to go for the Browns. Yeah. So they can just count on something consistent. I don't think we're, I, we're not going to have to talk about Baker as a fantasy quarterback next year. Unfortunately, oh God, thank God. I'm so over it. Yeah, it's gone. Yeah. I've been over it for years, but you know, whatever. 
Um, okay, so for your Thursday night games, everybody, in the first game, you are starting TJ Hawkinson. You are starting DeAndre Swift. You are starting David Montgomery, and you're starting Darnell Mooney. I think those are your only four locks. It looks like Allen Robinson is probably out. Uh, you don't want to start any other Bears running back. It's not worth it. Not going to get enough touches. Okay, in the second game, Dallas, you're obviously starting Zeke. You're starting Dak. Uh, you're starting Gallup if you have him. In deeper leagues, you can definitely start Sad Wilson. Don't touch Noah Brown. Definitely start Dalton Schultz. People, Dalton Schultz. He got eight targets last week. He's had eight targets in three games. He's had 59 targets on the year, and he's played, played the third most snaps of all tight ends in the NFL. He is someone to start, and not to mention Las Vegas Raiders have given up the third most fantasy points to opposing tight ends. Dalton Schultz, you're starting. On the other side of this game, Las Vegas, obviously you're starting Darren Waller, though I do think he will not have one of his biggest games. Um, If you don't have to start Derek Carr, don't do it. Dallas's defense uh, averaging, allowing only like 17 and a half points per game across the past three. They are getting better and better. I don't think the Las Vegas Raiders are the ones that beat them down. They can't even figure out what to do with like Brian Edwards. They have Brian Edwards out there and they're not even throwing in the ball. Like, they, they, they're lost. They're lost. There's a lot of stuff going on with maybe Derek Carr. There's like rumors about things being bad. Anyway, Josh Jacobs, start him because you probably don't have any better. Probably also not going to have a great game. And for the final game, um, I don't really like starting any Saints except for, you know, maybe Mark Ingram if he goes. And the rest is just it, is a tough hold for me. For Bills, I'm starting all the weapons because New Orleans has been terrible across the past three games allowing like 270 yards per game to opposing quarterbacks um that's kind of stupid uh so you want to have you know manny sanders in there you want to have stefan Diggs in there and uh you probably even want to start dawson knox so those are your fantasy starts for the thursday game in the meantime if you have any more questions you can tweet me at at jim piacente you can tweet tweet eddie at at edward L. Murphy, correct? That is that is it. Every time I'm like, I don't know why it's so hard. I just I just want to call you Eddie L. Spaghetti. I want to start adding like middle uh, letters and like a new <laughs> there, just to make it even harder. You can tweet at Extra Points Pod. Please play with us, Extra Points Arcade. Um, ExtraPoints.com slash arcade. Come pick games with us. You can win a golden hat if you win your week. We hope that you have a fantastic Thanksgiving. I think we have a special Thanksgiving episode coming out for you uh, in the next day or two. So stay tuned for that. And in the meantime, enjoy your family, enjoy your friends, and enjoy the football.